0: You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Get more from Buck by following him on social media at Buck Sexton on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. This is not going to help.
1: Let's be very clear about that. This move by Democrats underway right now to impeach and remove the president of the United States with seven days left to go in office is unfair it's unhelpful it's hypocritical when you look at the charges and what they're saying this this isn't based upon and and you have to you have to be very clear you have to really look at what's happening because they're going to misdirect you they're going to lie to you this is not based on just Trump uh, using rhetoric and saying things about the election that were not true Uh, This is about insurrection, incitement to insurrection, they say. That's what they're really going after Trump for. They are claiming that the president of the United States told that mob on Capitol Hill to ransack and, and attack the United States Capitol while it was certifying the election. Now, you can go back yourself, look at the transcript or watch the speech on video that Trump gave. He did not say that that's just not true they can keep repeating this as much as they want they can claim that trump was you know that the head of this terrorist organization that tried to seize the Capitol. he never said anything that you could claim in a court for example reasonably would lead someone to acts of imminent violence and that's what incitement would have to be Now, let's also remember, if the new standard were to operate under is that politicians who say reckless and untrue things are responsible for the acts of any person who acts upon what they're saying on their own accord and breaks the law. We got a lot of Democrats who need to be locked up for incitement to riot over BLM because they were telling the public constantly. That police officers are racists who murder people who murder unarmed black men for no reason other than their own bigotry and and disgraceful soul. Right. That's it. That's what their line, the the foundation of Black Lives Matter is built upon a lie. That cops kill unarmed black men without consequence routinely and systematically in this country. That's not true. It's not that it never happens. And we all agree that when it does happen, it's highly uh, uh, unjust and wrong and evil. But to impugn all the almost million law enforcement officers in this country, police officers, to impugn them over this and to suggest that this is widespread. It is a part of the system and therefore everyone within the system is tainted by it is a lie. We have 330 million people in this country and you have less than 100 unarmed black men shot in 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 recent years. When you look at the statistics, that is a very, very small number. Every single one of those when it's an unjust shooting is a tragedy. But the Democrats lie about this all the time. And it has resulted in not one, but hundreds of riots and violent incidents and destruction of property. And police officers being executed, being murdered in their cars. That's the result of the rhetoric that is deployed routinely by the left. So we're going to, we, we've got to take this piece by piece. If you're telling me that Trump is responsible for the violence that came from a, sm- a, a, a small group compared to the overall group of protesters in DC, right? It was perhaps a couple of thousand. And we estimate at least 100,000 people say a lot more, who knows, protested lawfully in D.C., 2,000 or so. I, we don't have exact numbers here, but they made a, a horrible, you know, egregious error and should be punished for it. But you'll notice I will say that I'll say that even though I know it upsets a lot of people who agree with me on a whole lot of things politically. But I truly believe that this is a moral question. The left, the Democrats, when it comes to BLM and Antifa, they will not treat it as a moral question. They will treat those riots and that violence as a question of political expediency. And they will excuse it. They will downplay it. They will ignore it. They will, quote, mostly peaceful protest it. That's what they do so now we're supposed to take lectures from them about incitement. I mentioned to you that there was a Bernie Sanders supporter who tried just a few years ago to murder the most conservative members of Congress he could find. He he tracked them down. He scouted out the location. And with a semiotic rifle, he almost killed Steve Scalise. He hit him. He tried to kill Senator Rand Paul. He was an avowed Democrat and a Bernie Sanders supporter who was yelling, this is for health care. Now, you can say, and I, and I would say, this is fair, Bernie Sanders did not tell anyone to go engage in violence, but Bernie Sanders, along with the Democrats, routinely say things like, Republicans don't care about the poor, they don't care about people dying from lack of health care. Well, if somebody really believes that, And they decide that they're going to make that a moral question. If they think that that's true, that Republicans really don't care if people die in agony because of lack of access to health care, because Republicans are so greedy and hate the poor, you know, whatever nonsense leftism they're going to spread about this. There will be individuals who decide to take violent action. We don't hold Bernie Sanders responsible for that, do we? That's exactly what's being done to President Trump. Look, the the rhetoric about the election went too far. If you're going to say I won, you have to be able to prove it. Joe Biden, as of as of what we've seen recently, it's not even as of today, Joe Biden has won the election full stop. Who knows what the future will bring? Maybe we'll find out more information. Joe Biden won this election. And Trump went too far in the claims about how it was. It wasn't even just that there was some fraud and we're going to find it. It was it was a landslide for Trump. That's what he was saying. Now, we can criticize that. And I know there's a tremendous disappointment for Trump personally, as well as for all of his supporters around this. There was disappointment for me. I I feel what you are feeling with regard to the sense of of loss for the future of the country that we're now going to have a Biden administration that I think is going to make everybody less free, poorer, more divided, more angry. I I think this will be bad. But I do respect the system that we have. And once you start saying, well, I don't care anymore, Buck, we got to get rid of this or, or overthrow this, understand what you're really talking about. That's a a grave step. And we are not there. We can still work within the system we have. I implore you, please. Everyone out there listening all across the country, there are a lot of you. Don't give up hope and don't forget who you are. We will work within this system. I'm seeing these these stories about, you know, armed protests, the day before the inauguration. I, I know that you can tell me about what happened at Trump's inauguration. I'm quite aware of it. They burned that uh, limousine in the streets, anarchic riots. That's disgusting. It's awful. It's wrong. We are not them. Now, if people are going to peacefully and lawfully protest, of course, fine. I get it. Support it. But I start seeing this change in the rhetoric. You know, this is not what I I remember from the Tea Party of we're all going to show up and have our voices heard. There's another element that's entering into this where people are suggesting we have to abandon the system. And that's not I, I strongly disagree. And I think that that's a that's a a very dangerous and destructive path. So there should be no, we should not allow that. And let me just tell you this right now. The Democrats are coming into power. You know, what would help them further suppress speech and freedom more than anything else. If a few idiots really cross the line again, plays right into the Democrats' hands. They're already talking about using counterterrorism law against conservatives. They're already talking about this. They'll do it. They'll do it. And so let's not give these authoritarians an excuse for further overreach. Now, all of that said, I'm saying we have to stay within the system. Democrats are abusing the system. They are hurting the process set forward for impeachment and removal from office. Uh, they're they're intentionally going around the way it's supposed to work. There's, they're moving past the judiciary. They're they're going right to let's let's get to the floor vote. Let's let's ram this thing through as quickly as possible. To what end? Why do this? Trump lost the election. He's done. He's done in a week. What purpose would it serve for the American people right now, other than to be a slap in the face of the 74 million people who voted for Trump on uh, in this past November? And the 60 some odd million that voted for him back in 2016. It's meant to humiliate and, and undermine. No one thinks Trump's not leaving. Trump knows he's leaving now. It's over. So why do this? Why kick a man when he's down? Well, this is where I say they are going around and they're trying to ram home their advantage. They want retribution. They want retribution, not just against Trump, against Trump supporters. And I do believe that Republicans need to need to stay clear eyed on this one and not give in to the Democrat mob, not give in to. At this stage, what possible benefit could there be to to repudiate the president and his and his whole legacy? Uh, I remember until the covid pandemic and the Democrats exploiting that issue to to the maximum and making us all as miserable and terrified as possible. But until that came along, the country did very well for three years of Trump's presidency. Things were good. They can lie about it as much as they want. I remember things were good. And the president was overall a very strong president for three years. The fourth year, things changed. The fourth year we had covid and we had lockdowns and the whole mood of the country changed. What does what does it tell the American people right now? If with a week left to go. This this president is is removed. Is removed by this congressional procedure, the the people who say there need to be accountability, he lost the election. If they want to have a vote of censure, that's reasonable and within the process. But to remove with only a week left because they say he's in imminent danger, I think that's that's vindictive and I think it's excessive. And I think it's all based. Remember, they're not even just making the claim that he lied about the election because Nancy Pelosi lied about the 2016 election. Oh, it was hijacked. The Democrats spent four years lying about what happened in 2016 and Russia collusion and all this insanity from them. Big tech didn't crack down on them. No, no votes of censure against them. None of them lost their jobs, either in the media or in politics, for openly and repeatedly lying to your faces, America, for years about Russia collusion. So I don't want to hear that, oh, Trump's comments about the election. They still say the Democrats still say the Georgia gubernatorial election was stolen from Stacey Abrams. They do this all the time. They objected to more states in 2017 as certification than the Republicans were in this election. So this is this should not be about, oh, we don't like what Trump said about the election. Therefore, he should be impeached and removed from office because look what the Democrats were saying about it. This is about incitement to insurrection that's why they go for that charge and on that charge we need to be very precise and we need to stand firm on principle the president cannot be held responsible for the actions of a mob that he did not direct he did not say go break the law he did not say go attack people Was was his rhetoric overheated about the election? Should he have been more measured? Should he have stayed within the the confines of what the evidence he had and could present was? Yes. But is he directly responsible for the uh, for the riot in Capitol Hill? That's if if we make that connection, there are Democrats who have. Lots more riots and violence and, and deaths, including deaths of police officers to answer for because of the incitement of the BLM and Antifa mobs we've seen in the last 12 months. That's the truth. There is no good reason to remove the
0: president from office right now. He's gone in a week. Thanks for listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Get the latest news and information from Buck by heading to bucksexton.com.
1: On the impeachment, it's really a continuation of the greatest witch hunt in the history of politics. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. This impeachment is causing tremendous anger, and you're doing it, and it's really a terrible thing that they're doing. For. Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer to continue on this path. I think it's causing tremendous danger to our country and it's causing tremendous anger. I want no violence. I want no violence, he says. He keeps saying to remain peaceful, but that doesn't ever get accounted for in the media's discussions about this. They blame him for everything. He brings up the witch hunt. Russia collusion was a witch hunt. It was disgraceful. It was dishonest. And it was used to harm the Trump presidency, uh, unfortunately, with with substantial effect. And therefore, it it really hurt the American people because bitter and vicious Democrats were willing to work in in clear collusion with the media to lie and lie and lie about it. So I, I think we should all we should all see this for for what it is. They've been trying to remove this president through some mechanism from the very beginning, even if they had to lie about it entirely. Don't we think we should take that into account now? There is something of a of a cry wolf scenario here that we should be aware of. They keep saying that Trump is a clear and present danger, a clear and present danger. Now we have had a terrible incident at Capitol Hill and they're trying to place it all on Trump's shoulders. I'm not saying that there aren't reasons to criticize the president Post this election, there are. But to say that he is responsible for the riot and that he must be removed from office with one week left to go because of this seems much more a continuation of the Democrat mania to remove him than an actual fair minded assessment of what his culpability is in the uh, the violent riot and Capitol Hill. That's where we really are. And that's where we should say. No, no, we won't give the Democrat left what it wants here. It's not in the interests of the country.
0: You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. For more Buck, head to bucksexton.com and remember to subscribe to the podcast.
1: Understand that the Democrats are not planning on limiting the reprisals to Trump and his family. They want to create the underlying legal architecture to come after you if you stand for the Trump movement, if you continue to push conservative ideas that are in opposition to the Biden-Harris administration. They want to find ways to go after and silence you. Now, they will say, of course, no, we only, we only want to stop domestic terrorists and, and insurrectionists. Really? Look at the way that they've used the term white supremacy now as as a catch all term for essentially anything opposed to what the left claims is social justice is now called white supremacy. Anything that you can point to and say, well, well hold on a second that I, I disagree with this racially conscious policy as the Supreme Court referred to it in a in a relatively recent decision, the racial entitlement state that you should not make determinations of law based upon skin color or ethnicity, that that's wrong. It's a violation of the Equal Protection Clause. That's white supremacy. Now, everything is white supremacy. And they do that because it's a useful tactic to frighten people and to attack people who are not actually, of course, white supremacists, white supremacists, but are people who oppose your politics and want to stop you. And while we're sitting here Uh, having our discussion about the constitutional processes now that the Democrats are really running roughshod over by they're they're jumping past the normal procedure even for an impeachment. They're trying to leverage the threat of impeachment to use the 25th Amendment against the president. Here's what Trump says about that, by the way. Play one. Free speech is under assault like never before. The 25th Amendment is of zero risk to me, but will come back to haunt Joe Biden and the Biden administration. As the expression
0: goes, be careful what you wish for.
1: Saying something that a lot of us have been alluding to for some time here, uh, whereby the, the easy path out for Joe Biden at any point in his presidency will be to step down and or There are some who believe that they will just claim that the 25th Amendment means that he's no longer of sound mind. And this is because of his age. And no one who knows anything about the kind of decline that people can have that we are all heading for as we age, no one can say that this is an unrealistic possibility. So Trump is pointing out you may actually have a 25th Amendment invocation about Joe Biden because, yes, he, he, he could. And let me be very clear I wish for the health of the president of the United States. I wish for the the good health and longevity and safety of every president of the United States, period. Now, Joe Biden is of an age, though, where there is a concern about his health over the eight years of his term. So Trump is making reference to you know. I, I wonder if Democrats in the 25th Amendment, if this may be, there may be some historic uh, irony here in their constant attempts to use it as a weapon of politics when that's not what it's supposed to be it's supposed to be infirmity to do the job really a, a physical physiological condition it's not just we don't like you we're going to use the 25th amendment to remove you so he points that out H- how overheated how overheated is the rhetoric that you're hearing you know because right now and a lot of a lot of conservative channels and everything a lot of places that you would turn for news are they're, they're having a very hard time the ratings are plummeting uh a, a lot of people on the right don't want to hear about these things they don't want to and, and look i understand that in, in the sense that there's not a lot of good news right now to share i i'm looking for it i'm trying i'm finding i'm squeezing every silver lining i can i'm doing whatever i can to give a full context and perspective to what's going on in the country right now. But I, I will not lie to you, as you know, and I think that this is, this is a dark and dangerous time. Um, but if you want to understand how much worse it can get, if you want to understand what's really at at issue here, um, if we continue in this, in this direction, especially when this is all happening, we still have a Republican president, Republican executive branch, uh, that's about to change, folks. That's about to change. So we need to be aware of what's coming. Uh, CNN has among the worst national security analysts of of any place I can think of, and I, I'm including third tier think tanks and you know, a- academia. And I mean CNN, and I know because I essentially was one of them for for two years. Uh, that's that CNN does employ some of the dumbest people on national security you'll ever find, and they say exactly what that audience wants to hear and they and they try to filter it through this prism of i went to you know i I, the the kennedy school which even come on who cares you know you look at these places these institutions of higher learning we're all supposed to be so impressed you know the same way that conservatives don't get a fair shake in social media and and we all know that now they used to deny it but it's true conservatives also if you're if you're right of center you will not get a fair shake in academia, especially a humanities program, international relations programs. No, no, no. You you have to be at least a a Democrat, if not a leftist, if not an outright leftist, if you want to excel in those places. So you're supposed to believe that the credentials that some of these people have makes what they're saying not moronic. I'm here to tell you, no, it's quite moronic. And here's a very good example of that. It's a uh, national security analyst, Juliette um, she She's somebody who has said some of the dumbest things imaginable on air, even when uh, I'll never forget this. She she claimed that I was putting troops in danger overseas because by criticizing Obama administration form she did this on TV criticizing Obama administration foreign policy uh, that our our enemies would be emboldened to attack our soldiers. I know. Oh, that's that's a really clever formulation. So if I don't like Obama's, uh, you know, with withdrawal plan that never actually happened in Afghanistan, right? or, Or if I have any criticism of Obama, I'm helping our you're doing bin Laden's work. That was basically the line. Of course, then bin Laden got killed. But, you know, you're doing Al Qaeda's work for them. They would they would try stuff like this. So that I had this exchange with this woman years ago. I'll never forget it. And I said to her, excuse me, I've actually served on military bases as a civilian CIA advisor and ridden around with them in Humvees and helicopters and tried to help in the war effort as an analyst. Always very clear about this. But I actually took some risk and have deep respect for the military and the much greater risks that they were taking in the war zone on a daily basis i'm not gonna hear this crap from this clown because oh i teach at the kennedy school or whatever it means nothing it Means nothing although there's a woman who teaches at yale ms asha rangapa who is like a chief russia truth or collusion person never repudiated. just saying idiotic stuff A completely unproved but she was a Comeyite. She was one of James Comey's disciples, so they hired her at CNN. And this is what you get. Now, you might be saying, Buck, why does all this matter? Because they are inciting the CNN audience against all of you. They were doing it with Russia collusion, all these national security analysts. And now they're taking it even a step further. This is what was said on national TV about you. Not, Not just Trump, about you with no pushback from the anchor, no Effort to try to give any nuance or clarification here. Play clip two.
2: And I think what we have to remember is Trump is the um, spiritual, but I will also say operational leader of this domestic terrorism effort. He tells them where to go. He tells them what to do. He tells them why they're angry. Um, And so uh, we need to start at the top, like any counterterrorism effort, which is total isolation of the president of the United States. Impeachment, yes. 25th Amendment, yes. Deplatforming, yes. All of the above. No money, no access to campaign funds. A complete isolation because as the leader of a terrorist organization is viewed as a loser, as a not winner, it is harder for him to recruit. Look, he's going to have his radical elements. We will arrest them. We will isolate them. Uh, but what we have to make sure is that Donald Trump does not have a second act. I know I sound incredibly harsh right now calling the president uh, this, but we are in the tactical response right now enough with the let's unity and stuff this is a tactical effort right now to make sure that we protect american citizens and of course yep. the next president of the united states
1: You're jim shooter there yeah yeah that's right he's the, he's that's right he's the this was the quote the spiritual leader for domestic terrorists what what do we do with spiritual leaders of other terrorist groups think about the implications of what this woman is saying on national tv Yep, yep, Jim Shudo, yes, yes. Uh, it was very, very, very bright, very new. She's honestly, she's a clown and an imbecile, but elevated. A lot of people heard that. If he's the leader of a domestic terrorist group, what does that make anyone who's voted for him? What does that mean for your civil rights, your civil liberties going forward? This is what they are saying right now. And Republicans think, and this is this is something I meant to get to earlier some Republicans, I should say. I mean, you've got, a, you've got a handful of them who are going along with this impeachment effort, who want to be a part of it. They think that casting Trump out now is going to put the country back on a pathway to better political, spiritual, and, and legal health. I mean, that's going to put us back on, on track. Are they out of their minds? It makes everything worse. They should know that there shouldn't be any any doubt that this would just this this would give so much more oxygen to the very small but unfortunately significant enough contingent on the far right that creates all these crazy conspiracy theories and oh there's all this stuff going on with the lizard people and the and the pedophile rings at the top of the government and all this all this stuff gets elevated if at this stage republicans go along with this President is gone. No, no one is going to abide by an order the president gives that would put Americans in danger right now. We all know that. Mike Pence won't allow it, others won't allow it. It's not going to happen. And the president's not going to do it. Look, he went too far with the election challenge stuff. We we need to come to grips with that. But he did not incite and direct a domestic terrorist attack on the Capitol. That's just not true. Now, that's not saying that what happened to the Capitol wasn't an illegal and awful riot. It was. And there are people Look, I'm it it saddens me that for saying that I've got I've got uh, people that are saying they're not they're going to tune me out or they don't. Oh, yeah. Who who are they going to turn to? They're going to turn to people who spent the last four years just doing nothing, but everything Trump did was, was brilliant and genius. Everything Trump did, he gets a back rub for. It was amazing. Is that who we are as as conservatives? Do, do we have principles and ideas? Do we care about the founding and the Constitution, or is it all just about Trump? Those of you who are still staying and listening, you know it, it is about all those things. It's not just about Trump. Trump was the vessel. Trump was the, the tool for achieving goals that we have. It wasn't all about this one man. He's flawed. Any human being, any man, woman is flawed. We know that. And he made mistakes. And I'm not going to pretend he didn't. Certainly in this post-election period, but before that as well. But we can't allow. You see, this is what the left always does. You know, there's there's a surge at the southern border. Uh, the laws on the books say you arrest people who are coming to the country illegally. The Trump administration is executing the laws as they're written. That means there are families that are being separated. There's no, uh, there's no facilities built that can hold them all together at the time. And instead of saying, "Hold on, we really don't want to," which the administration did, but instead of saying, "Hold on, we don't want to separate moms from their kids, even for illegal crossings and everything," we, we should keep family units together. And and th- that's a reasonable position. And it was the one the administration took when this issue when this issue came up. Uh, with pushback, and I understand that, but they jumped to oh, it's like Nazi concentration camps at the border. They jumped to the immigrations and customs enforcement and border patrol are like the SS. They were saying stuff like this. You remember that? Same same kind of ideas at work here. There was a problem with the post-election rhetoric and the continuation. I supported all the legal challenges everything that was within the system and lawful, I wanted answers to and I, I still want some answers. I still have questions uh, about how certain things happened in this election. I'm, that hasn't changed. For those of you that keep saying, Buck, what about the answers? I want the answers. But we we exhausted the legal options and the clock that we had. That's where it ended. But they're trying to take this and make it so much more and we, you have to remember, it's not just about Trump. This is about This is about expanding the punishment. The punitive nature of all this is for everybody who's not on board with Biden-Harris 2021. That means
0: you. That means me. Do not forget it. You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Get more from Buck by following him on social media at Buck Sexton on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.
1: Any of those who are inside the Capitol should not be able to fly and should be placed on the no-fly list. We are calling on the authorities, FBI, TSA, Department of Homeland Security to put them on the no-fly list immediately. Amidst the continued threat of future violence online, the federal government's own concerns, I spoke to Director Ray about this twice in the last few days. We cannot allow these same insurrectionists to get on a plane and cause more violence and more damage. These individuals are threat to the homeland as defined by the
0: law. The law allows this, and they should be placed on the no-fly list.
1: Without any due process, Chuck Schumer, soon or now rather current Senate Majority Leader, without any due process... Chuck Schumer wants American citizens to have uh, rights taken away from them. Now, I, I want to know, does, every, does everyone who is at the Capitol but not necessarily involved in attacking or destroying or trespassing, do they? Go, who, who goes on this list, Senator Schumer? You're going to put American citizens who have had no due process, no trial, no nothing, on the no-fly list. This is the expansion of the war on terror effort we used against Al Qaeda, which was an existential threat to the country, as you recall, from what happened on 9-11 and the other plots as well. This is the expansion of that apparatus to include Trump supporters. That's what the Democrats have planned here.
0: You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. For more Buck, head to Bucksexton.com com. And remember to subscribe to the podcast. My main man,
1: Jesse Kelly, is in the house. He is the host of I'm Right with Jesse Kelly on the First TV. You can download the First TV app. It's all about free speech. Watch it anytime. And also the host of the Jesse Kelly Show in radio syndication. Mr. Kelly, good to have you. It's good to be here, Buck. It's good to be in a V-neck once again. I just feel more alive. So what do you see happening across the the country right now with this focus, of course, on what's going on in D.C. But what what is this political moment we're in?
3: Uh, we're in one of the most out of touch political moments I've ever seen in my entire life. I I, I don't understand it. I understand Washington, D.C. is a bubble. I lived there for a year. I know you've lived there. It is a bubble and it really is. You exist in your own world and you're unaware of how real people think. I don't think it's ever been as dangerous of a bubble as it is right now. And This is what I mean. There is such a hatred and anger building out there, especially on the right. Trump was a response of all that hatred and anger. And then they spent four years getting called Nazis. They spent four years getting murdered, assaulted, looted. And now we're moving that stuff into legislation. So the, the hatred on the right has never been higher. We saw it with that disaster in the Capitol last week. It's never been higher, this anger. And the people in DC are either unaware of that Or don't care because they're taking each and every step they could possibly take to light a match and drop it in the powder cake. I've never seen it. And I've said this a million times, Buck. I don't want anybody to get hurt. Not on the left, not on the right. Nobody. I I don't like political violence. It's just awful. Somebody's going to die in this country if somebody doesn't turn down the temperature. We've already had people die. Someone's going to die if we have somebody doesn't step up and actually try to calm things down and impeaching the president again is not calming things
1: down. What do you think the the calculations are for those Republicans uh, in the Congress who are going along with this? I, I see this and I think, is it that they believe that there's a, a political advantage for them down the line in this? Because I, I think that would have they that's a miscalculation on that front. And then beyond that, on the moral side of it, to me, they're going along with the notion that Trump called for an insurrection. I mean, there are prominent Democrats who are saying that Trump is effectively the leader of a terrorist organization now. And and Republicans want to play along with that?
3: Well, well, look, I think, and again, this is goes back to my bubble miscalculation thing. Obviously, as you well know, you talk about this all the time on your great shows, that there is a certain segment of the Republican Party, probably a significant segment, that really hates Donald Trump. Many of them have been quiet about it for four years because you didn't want to go head to head and get blasted on Twitter. But they really hate Donald Trump. They've hated the whole thing. They've been dying for it to just go away so we could go back to how things were. And I think they are viewing that thing at the Capitol as an opportunity to finally be rid of him. They're worried even once he's not president anymore, he's going to carry a big stick, he's going to run things. And they want to stop that and cut it off but they don't realize that the Trumpism, if you want to call it that, or the Trump movement is about so much more than Donald Trump. It's about way more than that. You can get rid of the man tomorrow and send him to the moon. And the, the movement that brought him still remains. And these people are now madder than they were before. They're not less mad, they're
1: madder. Do you think that the, elect, the election uh, dispute which, as we know, it's, it's I mean, it's over now in, in the process. sense, but there's still a lot of people who have their feelings and they're being told by big tech and others. You're not allowed to disagree with the outcome uh, publicly. You're not allowed to say that you think that this was uh, illegitimate. You're not allowed to say that, which is, I think, a, a really interesting precedent considering Stacey Abrams in Georgia, the Democrats for the presidential election in 2016. All of a sudden, you have to say you have to bend the knee and say this or else but put, putting that putting that aside for a second, do you think that it was really was the election, the straw that broke the camel's back for a lot of people? Or was it just, a, a, you know, an, an entry into a new level of disaffection and anger because of what the implications were?
3: Oh, I think it jumped everything up significantly. It jumped everything up significantly. I mean, these these movements, this anger, it can go like this, but it has these moments where it goes vertical and that is certainly a moment where it went vertical. But I should be clear, the anger out there is not, and like I just said, it's not about Trump. It's not just about the election either. Yeah, that cranked it up a whole bunch more, but it's about more than that. It, uh, people do feel, a large portion of this society does feel that this election was stolen, that there's a bunch of election fraud out there. And you can tell all those people they're right. You can tell all those people they're crazy. But what, what you can't do is change their minds at this point in time. But I promise you this, poking them all in the ribs and lecturing them all day long about how stupid they are and then impeaching the man they think they just reelected is the worst thing you could possibly do if you're trying to unite the country.
1: Speaking to uh, my friend Jesse Kelly, he's the host of I'm Right with Jesse Kelly on the First TV and also the Jesse Kelly radio show. Jesse, what do we what do we do now? I keep asking people that whose opinions I, I respect on this, and I, I think it's a... Uh, uh, it's it's a, not an easy question, but I, I want to get as many perspectives on it as I can, because I think one of the issues we have right now is people are writing me and they're saying we've lost the Senate. We don't have the House. We've lost the presidency. The media is all against us. Big tech is all against us. Corporate America is all against us. We talk about about fighting back politically. Uh, how do we even do that right now? And, and it seems that I, I try to just counsel, right, uh, the, the best I can come up with is is patience it will you know this this moment will pass I, I do you have anything for the folks that feel that way well what, what should they be thinking what
3: i do actually i i do uh, you ever i'm sure you probably are read up on it because you're one of these fancy cia types about how mao actually managed to take over china and i realize we're not mao fans i would certainly hope not but it didn't start in the big sexy cities He started in the countryside. He started with the peasants. He started with the farmers, and that's where he started. Conquer this little area and that little area. I think we're looking right now, we're looking, we don't have the presidency. We don't have the House. We don't have the Senate. And all is lost. But what's your city council look like? What does your school board look like? What's your mayor look like? What's your state house seat? What's your state Senate seat look like? These races, there are so many easily winnable races out there. If we would identify them and go after them, and Democrats do that, great. Your local politics, we can start there. It doesn't have to be the sexy United States Senate. Start local anyway. Then you can still live your life and be on the school board and start affecting change. That's how Democrats, that's how they won the culture war. I mean, we lost this culture war in like 80 years because they got into school boards. They got in the city council offices. They're changing things locally. They took over the DAs. Why do you think none of the Black Lives Matter Antifa scumbags got charged and every one of those guys in the Capitol building is going to have the book thrown at them? Because they identify DA races. That's where we can go. We're not powerless. The power has just shifted. We have to focus on easier things,
1: softer targets. We seem to, on our side, because our, our ideology, and I, I think it goes very deeply, it's, it's almost a, 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 a feature of the conservative mind. Is that we don't want to bother other people and we don't want to be bothered. So I think we have a natural. I think conservatives have a natural inclination to say, "Look, if you know, if, if you're going to be the crazies who show up at the at the school board meetings and demand, you know, all the social justice stuff, I just, you know, I, I can't handle this. Like, I just want to go back to my family and my job. Leave me alone. And I, and I understand and I sympathize with that. I mean, I I don't like dealing with with crazy either." But I think to your point about the the way that we've ceded so much territory over time, what you find is that that mentality, their desire, their innate desire to control institutions and to control others with those institutions has been remarkably successful. As we look at academia, big tech, the school systems, Hollywood, I mean, you go down the list, I mean, corporate America now. We always hear about Wall Street and big business as though there are all these fat cat Republicans smoking cigars who run these companies. If you see the, the public statements that are being put out all the time that are clearly political in nature from the biggest companies in America, nine times out of 10, it's like a Nancy Pelosi press release. But they got the schools, Buck.
3: They got the schools. They, everybody knows in war, you control the supply lines, you win the war. They control the supply lines. Four million college graduates a year. Think how many generations, entire generations now, have been educated in America's America sucks anti-education system. That's what we have. And yesterday's hippie college radical you laughed at on the corner, he's today's senator, he's today's CEO. These guys are so so nuts at these big corporations They'll have gigantic meetings about corporate social responsibility and where you think they're all in there in fancy ties and going over pie graphs and we spent this much on the overhead and we have to drop this. They're in there talking about, when's the last time we did a transgender campaign? We need to get kids involved this time too. They're having these meetings at the highest levels because we lost the schools, man. Once we lost the schools, we lost. We have to start taking those back or, or all the rest of this is just rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic.
1: It's not easy to give this President advice. I've actually tried once or twice. Uh, what would you like to see, putting aside whether he would take it? what would you want to see the President do from here on out what's what's the most helpful what's the most helpful approach he could have for uh, for the country?
3: I think he should step away for a little while, and I don't say that because I want him gone. I say that for his own mental health i think if I were Donald Trump to try to let everyone miss me a little bit you know what they say i mean always leave them wanting more i would peace out of the white house in what is it six days when he's gone and i'd be on a boat in the mediterranean for about four or five months eating grapes with my supermodel wife and then i'd show back up with a big trump rally about you know six months to a year later i would get away you know what let everybody find out what these dc republicans are like let everyone find out when i'm not there to take all the slings and arrows for you you all go enjoy it because then you can come back and you'll look like the return of Christ. With all due respect, Lord.
1: You think anyone is going to step up here from the GOP ranks in a way that's really meaningful? I've, I'm looking around, and clearly, the fact that the left hates Cruz and Hawley so much is is an indicator. Uh, you know, is a check mark in the plus column for me for those guys. Uh, And the fact they want to put them on the no fly list as if if they're, you know, bin Laden's uh, bin Laden's agents. Um, But what what do you what do you see as as the future of the party? I don't mean five years from now. I mean, for the next six to 12 months.
3: Oh, I I think Ron DeSantis is about to become the next nominee for the Republican presidency. I, I think he's about to lock it down. When you saw immediately the response to, you know, the big tech censorship of Trump was every Republican whimpering and let's impeach him and all these other things. What does Ron DeSantis do? He comes out and starts divesting state funds from Apple and Google and all these places. He comes out and fires back. And you can hate Ron DeSantis. You can disagree with that. But that is a man very much in touch with how the Republican base feels. Ron DeSantis at this point in time is the leader by a mile in the clubhouse to be the Republican nominee for 2024. I think you're going to hear him be really loud over the next four years because if he's got any political instincts at all, he knows it's his to lose right
1: now. I'm speaking to Jesse Kelly, host of I'm Right with Jesse Kelly on the First TV. Uh, Jesse, yeah, you're a Texan, and your governor has been, I would say, Mediocre at best during the lockdowns. I mean, maybe maybe a little bit better than uh, like Newsom and Cuomo. DeSantis in Florida has has shown, I think, the the best results for his state under the circumstances. I believe, and you and I have been discussing this both together and and our, on our respective shows from the very beginning, that we we have a major battle ahead because there's going to be this lingering lockdown effect. That even as the vaccines are out there and even as we're even as the numbers, they will look, the numbers would come down even if we did nothing. Right. They would come down in because of just all the people that would have already been infected by probably April or May, which is what we saw last year. The seasonality of this virus is quite clear. But as the numbers go down and as we have more and more vaccine, we're going to have we're going to have to battle against efforts. And with the federal government now fully on board to just sort of continue this hyper-controlled state that we're in. And I think we're going to have to mount a really serious pushback against this.
3: Oh, it's not going away because because this is what's going to happen, Buck. There are too many people highly invested in coronavirus being real because coronavirus, well, I'm not saying it's false, but in coronavirus being you know, the worst thing in the world, we have to lock everything down because coronavirus has A, allowed them to crush traditionally Republican things like small businesses, churches, and things like that, and B, who wants to give up the TV time? But the big thing now buck is it's going to allow them to pass bills they'd never be able to get through before people are mad about that last coronavirus jerk bill they passed through where we all got 600 and they sent a bunch of money to pakistan you people better buckle up that's as good as those bills get the coronavirus relief bill they're going to be able to throw anything they want in the next bill and, and call it coronavirus relief and everybody's going to pass it because nobody wants to be the guy who's against coronavirus relief. They're going to pass five more. of those. It's things. funny you say
1: yeah. this because I've already I've I've been telling everybody if re- if Republicans try anything to stop the, what will be the most. I mean, it's going to be like the the drunken sailor. No offense, Navy, the drunken sailor you know, with the with the checkbook out, just just whatever the Democrats want. And if Republicans, let's say, try to stop it in the Senate, then, you know, uh, you know what happens. They're going to say, guys, we got to get rid of the filibuster because this coronavirus relief package depends on it. We got to get you the money. So we're going to have to get rid of the filibuster. And then it's game on even more.
3: Oh, yeah, it it's the ultimate it was the ultimate Trojan horse. And Republicans, look, they didn't realize it early enough. You did. I did. But they did not realize it early enough. They got all on board with the panic. And it took them a month or two before they finally woke up and looked around and realized, oh, wow, the left is going to use this to utterly destroy us. And they are. And I, I don't i don't have something bright and sunny to tell anybody about what the federal government is going to do for the next two years. I, I just don't. There isn't, there isn't good news I can bring you. But I will tell you this. Focus on your local politics. And every once in a while, every once in a while, take this. And Set it down once you're done watching the first, you're done watching Buck for the day. Set the phone down, go play with your kids. You're gonna have to learn how to compartmentalize.
1: I mean, I, I completely agree. I, I mentioned this, I've mentioned this on the show earlier in the week that everyone just need to take a deep breath, focus on what actually matters in your day to day life. That doesn't mean to give up on these political fights, but it, uh. you know. There, there's only so much any one of us can do individually. you got to become comfortable with that. Cause it's uh, it's going to be a tough ride for the country, certainly for the next two years. Jesse Kelly, everybody. Jesse, great to have you, my friend. Thank you.
3: Appreciate you, boss.